Greetings this morning in that precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one that gave his life, that we could have that gift of eternal life, that we could, yeah, he tells us that if we believe in him and we have him as our personal Savior, that we can go back to be reunited with our God, where our spirit that's within came from. And yeah, I think for myself and each one of us here this morning, that's probably why we're here. That's our desire is to go back to where we came from. And yeah, if you visitors, you're welcome. Good to see you around. Glad to have you here. I'm sure dad's glad to see you as well. I didn't realize you were coming. But yeah, it's uh, good to have some of our people back. We've got some Floridans back there that came back as well. And that's, yeah, seems like we're kind of getting everybody back just to lose a few more next week. So I know Dennis and Rosanna are still missing today, but, and Bill's not here. But yeah, it's been a uh, so I was thinking about, yeah, just having everybody, you, you kind of go through the winter time. it seems like there's people missing about every Sunday, you kind of almost forget who all you have and, until everybody gets back together. But yeah, as I was thinking about sharing today, and I started the last time we, that I preached, would have been the first Sunday in January, and I said we were going on a journey to find out what Jesus meant in John 14. And I'm going to read them verses. At the beginning of each service, each message that I preach on these uh, commandments, I want to read John 14, verse 15, and John 14, ver- John 14, verse 21. And it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. This is Jesus talking. And verse 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him, and I will manifest myself in him. And if you remember the last time I spoke, I don't know if you remember what, what, I, what the uh, commandments that we talked about uh, was repent, being born again. Jesus said to follow me, and he also says to have no merchandise in the temple, referring to the temple of where the Spirit lived. At that time, was, I believe, was the, was the literal temple where God was, but we know when Jesus was on the cross, he died. It says that the, the veil was rent from top to bottom, and therefore that, that temple now becomes, and he, it, 1 Corinthians refers to it, and there's a couple other scriptures that would verify that. It says that we now are the temple of the living God. So therefore, I think that the, um, I think the commandment still applies. It's just it's not in a building. It's in our own personal heart. It's in where God lives now. So those were the ones that I talked about. Repent, born again, follow me, and no merchandise in the temple. And I, yeah, I've been talking a little, quite a bit about this subject in, in times past, about how I want to share on baptism. And I think with talking about repent, born again, and follow me, it only makes sense to talk about it today. So that's the subject, baptism. Uh, I think those, those three, repent, Born again and baptism are closely related. I think they're almost one, actually. They're not one, but they are closely related. As I was thinking about baptism, what is it? What does it mean? How do we do it? What's the... And, yeah, I guess my prayer would be this morning that, first of all, that I don't offend anyone. If I offend someone here, I trust that it's because God's Word offended you and it's not me. I I don't want anything of my own self-motive here. It's not the case. But I would ask for you to do one thing. As you look at this and as you think about this today, think about what the Word of God says. Don't think about so much 
I don't want to say this. What, don't think about so much what we have been. Maybe the way we've always done it. Let's just talk, let's say it that way. Let's not think about it so much that way. Let's think about it. What does this word say? Because in the end, this is what matters. It doesn't matter really how we've always done it. What did this, what verse did I just read? And I read that for a reason, and I want to read it for a reason every time because I think these commandments are very important, and it's important that we do them, and it's important that we do what it says. So, uh, yeah, my prayer would be as, as you look at this and as you think about this and as we go through this that it's not, it's not, come with an open mind. Don't come with, like Billy said when he was here for the, uh, the seven ordinances this summer in Bible school, don't come with a preconceived idea. Come with an idea that, God, I want you to show me here. I want, you, I want to understand this the way that you understand it, not the way that whoever understands. I want God's way. And I think that's our desire this morning. So, yeah, as I was thinking about baptism, what is it and what's it mean? And I just want to look at, yeah, a couple verses here. It says that baptism in Mark 16, this is Jesus' words. He, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. What does believeth mean? And I think that goes back to the word that I talked about earlier, the two words, repent and be born again. I think you have to repent to be born again, and you cannot be born again without repenting. And I think believeth comes in that whole picture. You have to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and it was brought up in Sunday school about some of, you know, like our children, they're, they're used to church. They, they, they grew up in the church. And how do they, how do you get them to realize they still need a Savior? Like, it almost can be easy to say this is not this is not right, but it almost seems like it's easier for a drug addict in Washington to realize that he needs a savior than it is for our children that come to church every Sunday. They hear the word of God preached. They still to, to, for them to realize that you have to have that savior, the same savior that the drug addict in Washington has, or you're not going to heaven. And and yeah, I think sometimes it's hard for. It's, it's not right, it shouldn't be, but it almost seems like it'd be easier for that. But for a child that sits under the preaching of the word to realize that you're a sinner. Because we were all born in a sinful nature. We were all born from the, from the time of Adam, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. From then on, every child that was born came with that nature. It was that nature of sin. It was the nature of the wrath, I think it said in Ephesians this morning in the Sunday school class. But Jesus says here, he that believeth, and is baptized. And that you, you sometimes you hear this, this, this argument. I don't know if it's really an argument. Maybe a debate would be a better word. But uh, do you have to be baptized to, to go to heaven? I'm not here to, to proclaim one way or another. I don't know that. But according to this verse, this is Jesus. He says, he that believeth and is baptized. And the reason I think there's a significance tied to the two, and I want to hopefully get to that and show you why I believe that I'm not saying a person can't go to heaven without being baptized, but I would, I would think you'd want to obey what Jesus said and you would simply want to be baptized. I think there's a desire there because what does baptism mean? What is actually the reason? Why do we do it? What's the, what's the point behind the whole thing? I mean, really, you think about it, you just go and you put yourself in water. What's the whole big deal about that? I think there's a pretty big deal about it, actually, when you think about it. And I think that's why Jesus ties it in with, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. <clears throat> if I get the wrong scripture here, I went and changed a few things around this morning. This is, I'm not used to doing my messages on a PowerPoint, but I thought today with what we're sharing, I want, I want to put it where you can see it and not only hear me. 
But yeah, the next, uh, as I was thinking about what would be next, it says, go you for, another one of Jesus' teaching, go you for, therefore, go you therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world, amen. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. And again, you can see, Jesus, that was right before he went back to heaven. He tells his disciples and the people that are there. I don't know if it was just the disciples or if there was more there. But he says, go there teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Again, another thing that, and I think we do well with that. We, we, we baptize in three. You know, those, those three are one. And some people say, well, you just need to baptize in one because they're one. But I think Jesus specifically says here, you baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And going back to earlier, if you go back in Acts 19, you can see where Paul went to, um, I'm not even sure what the, where the place was he went. I, was, I just read it yesterday. It's Acts 19. But he went there, and he took, the, he took the Holy Spirit. It said he took the Holy Spirit to them, not through himself, but through God. But when he got there, he asked them, have you been baptized? And they said, only in John's baptism. They were baptized into John. Wasn't baptized into the Father, the Spirit. The, the, they weren't baptized into the Son, the Holy Ghost, and the Father in, in a different order. But it says they were baptized into John. And then if you go ahead and read that account, it says they rebaptized them. They, they baptized them again into Jesus Christ, the correct place to be baptized in. Because it says in that way is the only way that you're baptized in that is in Jesus Christ. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee. To Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But he John he forbade him, saying, I need to be baptized of thee. And he come can, and cometh thou to me? And Jesus answered, He said unto him, Suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, he went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. I think this in this scripture we can see Jesus made an example for us. He didn't, he didn't just tell us to go baptize and then, then leave the scene. In his earlier days, John, he went to John. John was baptizing and, and for the repentance of their sin. And, and, and Jesus said that, I need, I need to be baptized as well. And John realized who Jesus was. He says, no, there's no need for you to be baptized. You're the Savior of the world. There's no, there's, he doesn't say it in that term here, but that's, that was the thought. He, was, he knows who he is. He said, there's no need for you to be baptized. But Jesus says, yes, I want to be baptized. I want you to do it. And it says, as he suffered him and him, he was baptized. And he went straightway up out of the water. And lo, the heavens opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, lightning up onto him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. In Acts 2.38, 2, Acts 2 I'm just going to grab Gary's phone here if I keep reaching for the wrong thing. <clears throat> then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why should we be baptized? What's the point? Why? Peter tells us here, it's for the remission of your sins. It's for the forgiveness of your sins. And I believe we're going to read here in, in Romans 6 here in a bit. I think it goes on to further explain why. 
Why, what, what's the big deal with just making your body wet? I mean, you can go in the shower and do that every night. What's the, what, what is about this? And, and I think, the, as I was thinking about what, what would be behind all this, and I think Jesus simply explains it in, I thought it was the next slide, but it's on down. Um, we'll skip around a little bit. Why is it so slow? Right here. This is the one I wanted. Jesus answered, He verily I say unto you, except a man is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, when you go back to the thing of repenting, when you go back to the thing of being born again, what is that? That's being you're born of the Spirit. There's a new life. Rick asked the question this morning, what's newness of life? I think when we are born again, there's a new Spirit. The Spirit of God enters this heart and something goes out. So what, but why does he say born of the water? What, what's, why? Like what, why would you need to be, why not just be born of the Spirit and have it over with? I mean, you're not God's. So, I mean, you're, you have the Spirit of God within you. Is that not good enough? I think there is a specific thing behind this thing of water that, I don't, we, I'm not saying we missed it, but I don't think we've done well explaining why. I don't think we've done well knowing why. And I think it is simply the idea of proclaiming to not only the world around us, and we, we, we excuse what we say, it, it's, a, it's a symbol of what has happened inside, and it is. But for who? But for who? For us in, his, in, this, in this house? Yeah, I think it is. For the world around us? Yeah. But I think more than that, it is for Satan himself. Because when, you, when, that, when that water when that water is, when you are baptized in that water and you are baptized into Jesus Christ, you are telling him, this is, this is who I am. It is his final death sentence. It is the thing that tells him, I no longer belong to you, I belong to Jesus Christ. And I think that is why the water thing is very, very important. And I want to come back to the water thing here in a bit. Let's go back to... Let's go back to this uh, other slide. So, okay, what does baptize mean? And this is where it gets kind of sticky. I'm not taking my coat off because of this. I look warm in here. But uh, this gets a little bit sketchy. Some people have pretty strong opinions one way or another. But again, that's the reason I told you, come with a preconceived idea. Don't come with a preconceived idea. And I want you to go home. Don't just take what I show you today. I want you to go home and I want you to, to look at it in the context of the Bible, what the word means. Don't go and Google, shall I immerse or shall I pour? Don't do that. That will not get you nowhere. You'll have five people that say immerse, you'll have five people that say to pour. There will be no benefit in that. You'll be sitting there doing this number right here. It will make you dizzy. Go and find out what is the Hebrew word for baptism and what does it mean? What did it mean for the Hebrew what did it mean for the writer? Do you remember what Joe Mullet said here too, last, Sunday, last Sunday or Sunday a week ago? Go back to the beginning. Find out. What does this word mean? I think it is completely different than what we do. What do we, what do, we do when we baptize now? Anybody? Just somebody else? Doc, what do you do? Yeah, pour water on your head. And how much? Like two drops or something? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but look, let's look now. What does this say? What? Somebody read this off. I'll read this off now. I want you to read the next slide. 
Baptizo, that is the word that, it's actually comes from bapto, but baptizo is the Greek word that you will find. And when you find the Greek word, it, it, it simply means to, to dip or to sink. And if you go back into the Hebrew, on back a little bit further, the word is, and I was trying to put this on a slide this morning. I could not get it on there. I don't know. It was, I was trying to put it from my email. I need to go to this. Uh, I don't know if this is a get smart course or not from Samson, but somebody figure out how to put an email onto to a PowerPoint. I couldn't get it. Anyway, the word is tavila. Tavila, that's, that is the Hebrew word. This is the Greek word. And remember, Jesus was not Greek. He was Hebrew. This is Roman Greek. But he was Hebrew. He was a Jew. He was, he was an Israelite and like from Israel. He was Jew all the way through. He didn't speak Greek. He spoke Hebrew. And the Hebrew word is tefillah. T-E-B-I-L-A. That is the word for baptized. And if you go and look up bap, bapto, that, 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 the word baptizo comes from bapto. And it means, if you go look this up, and I think if Again, that's why I want you to search the word. Don't search, don't search what should I do, this or that. Search the word and what it means. It simply says here to dip, to sink, lit, dip, submerge, but specifically ceremony dipping, I baptize. And on down, word studies, properly submerge, to immerse. Do you see anything in there that would, I mean, do, does it look different than what we do? Let's go to the next slide. This is a, a, a list of this a list from some lexicons, and I looked up three of them, and they were all right, so I didn't go through the bother, bother of looking up the rest. So I feel like this guy is legit, and we can always look him up. I don't, I mean, this is a guy that had looked these up, and he has a critical lexicon con, concordance to the English and Greek New Testament. What's it say? Somebody read it. Nilmer, what's it say? What's the top line say? Can you read it? Give me the glasses. What's the next one say? Come on, read it. Anybody? Next one? Next one. Next one. Next one. Consisting of the pro process of immersion, submersion, and emergence. Immerse, submerge. Does anybody see a, a quite a bit of a... Uh, pattern here. Here's another page. See, this is why I think we're not being obedient to the word of God. What if we would? That's the word that Jesus uses. You notice on every, script, every slide that I show that, I, I, that, that Paul used, that Jesus used, he said I you shall baptize. <coughs> what are we doing? Those of us that got children, if our if we told them to go 
There was an immediate need, and we told them to go run to the neighbors, and they go walk to the neighbors. Would we be happy with them? I don't think we would. What if we would take all the other commandments that God gives us and we would use it like this? We would say, this is no lecture, this is just thought. Just think about this a little bit. What if we would take all the other commandments that Jesus gives us? What about the Sabbath day? He says, keep it holy. He says, don't work, rest. I mean, we could say, well, we'll rest in the forenoon, but he doesn't really mean that. He means you can rest in the forenoon, you can go work in the afternoon. If we've done that with every commandment that Jesus gives us, and I'm not saying that you can't, that, that the pouring is not sufficient. I don't want, I'm not here to put anybody on a guilt trip, but I, and because I don't know if we knew or if we don't know. But I think when you come to the point of the knowledge of knowing what the Word of God says and you don't do it, it is simply disobedience. Uh, that's, that's my own heart's cry. And, and I, again, if I offend you, I'm sorry. But this is what the Word of God says, I believe, and I think this is what we should be doing because I think it's simply being disobedient. And I'm sure if there's someone sick and you can't, you, you can't there's not a place to, to do that, that's okay. Let's keep going in our slides here. This picture here, going back to this water thing. Why this water thing is such a big deal. I think it's a very big deal. We've seen this in Israel. This, is our, this was on our trip. It was on the, the patriarch's path. And in, in the time, and even now, the Jewish people now, before Yom Kippur, or even sometimes the more, it's, it's different for each level. They have some conservative, real orthodoxy Jews, and then you have some real liberal ones. And the orthodoxy ones, they would actually... They, they may do this. They will have one of these in their house, and I've got a picture of, of a, this is a, a more recent one here. This is what a, like one would look like today. But again, going back to this, but the, the, the orthodoxy was, would do this maybe before every Sabbath. But it is, a, it is a ritual cleansing. If you remember me showing those Israel slides, I had a picture of the cup with two handles on it. They will do that on regular occasions as well. But whenever they go to a, a, a bigger holiday or, or, or like Shabbat, like the Sabbath day, there will be the, the, the very conservative Orthodox Jews will still do this. They will go in this. This is going to be filled with water. They will go in this and they will submerge themselves. And it, they will, you cannot have even all your hair has to be under the water. That's part of the ritual. You go in one step and you come out the other. You don't go in one step and come out the same one. You go around and you do the same thing. Remember, where did Jesus grow up? In that culture. In that very thing. And that's why I think there is a huge tie between, when he says water, he means more than just, yeah, pouring some on our head. I think there's, there's way more behind that than that. Because I want to bring another point out why I think that is. This is, again, I'll just, that's the picture of the other mikvah. This this little writing that I was wanting to put up there, it says the word baptize, baptism comes from the Hebrew word tevila and the Greek word baptismo, meaning to be immersed in water. The immersion in water is carried out in a mikvah. This is the mikvah. That's what that was a while ago. And when you, yeah, it's back up right here. That, that is a mikvah. That was, and this will be a present day mikvah, which is a Hebrew meaning of gathering of the waters. This gathering, this gathered water has to be living water, water that was flowing or running, 
And the Hebrew for living water, and I don't know how to say that word. I'm going to skip over it. It starts with an N. Um, this living water is symbolic, symbolical to our spiritual cleansing life and the rebirth that we have in Yeshua or in Jesus Christ. That, that is the Hebrew way or the, yeah, the, the Hebrew way to say Jesus. But anyway, going back to these mikvahs, I found an interesting thing on this. If you look at um, Exodus 30, verse 19 to 21, if you want to look that up, that is where... That is where the Israelites or the people, the Jewish people, get their command from God to do this. They shall wash themselves before they go into the tabernacle of the congregation. They shall wash with water that they die not, nor they come near the altar to minister, to burn offerings made to fire unto the Lord, so that they wash their hands and their feet that they die not. And it shall be a statue forever to them, even to him and his seed throughout the generations. And don't kid yourself, they've not forgot that verse. They know what it means, and that's what they do. They, they've, not, they've not quit doing that, still today. So that's the, yeah, that's the whole, the, the mikvah thing. And then this, I want to bring this back into consideration. I want you to think about this a little bit. Remember that I said that the gathering of the waters is a mikvah. When you go back to Genesis 1, and you look in the Hebrew, it talks about, you know, when God created the earth, it was, it was all seed. And he brought up, and you look at the word in, in, in Hebrew, in, in Genesis 1-9, when he caused the gathering of the waters, and he brought the land up out of there, the gathering of the waters, that word in Hebrew is what? Mikvah. That is the word that is used. You can go look at it. So that's why I think there's, and, and in the mikvah, in the, in the water, what come up out of, what did God bring out of there? It's in Genesis 1. He brought new earth. He brought something new. He brought something beautiful out. There, there, was, there was just seed, nothing else. He brought the earth up out of it, land. What happened in the flood? Children of Israel going through. They went through the water. They left garbage, Egypt, back here. Come through the water, and on the other side, what? Something beautiful came out, something new. What happened, and if you want to look at, I skipped on the flood, sorry. Let's go back to the flood. What happened in the flood? The land was all covered. It says that it was a different amount, but it was above the highest mountain, the, the water. When the water went down, Noah opened the door. What, what, what was there? A beautiful new land. All the garbage was gone. What happens here in the new birth? And I, I don't know why I threw the new birth in there because I think it's still a sign, but more so in the baptism. When you bring the new birth, what, what, it's, you, you, something comes out and it's brand new. And the same thing with baptism. That's why I think it is tied all the way back to the beginning is because the same concept. You put something dirty back in, something new comes out. What does Romans 6, 3, and 4 say? Let's, let's look at it. Know ye not that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That is the very sign that Satan hates. He don't want, you know, when you think about it, Murphy ought to give me this thought, I had never thought about it, but, and he done a pretty in-depth study on baptism, but his thought was this. Okay, you pour, what, which picture do you like, think Satan likes better? What did John say the other weekend? What is the Bible in the, in, in the Hebrew? It's a picture. And that's, that's the way they read it. I don't think this is any different. I don't believe this is written just for anyhow. I believe there's something we can pick up from this. What do you see? A picture. When you read the thing of, of, of Philip and Enoch, when you read of Jesus, 
There are many other times that, that where they went into the water, they came out. And they, they went down and they came out. When Jesus was baptized, he said he went into the water, he came out. And the Spirit came down. Jesus and Jesus Christ were baptized into death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. I think there's a, there's a rising up of something beautiful. Something dies, something beautiful comes up, just like it happened in the flood, in the beginning, in the Red Sea, and also when we were born again. Colossians 2, verses 11 and 12. In whom you also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. What's the picture again? Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith. The same thing, same concept. Dirty down, clean up. There's, there's something, there's something I, I, I really believe there's a connection between the whole thing. I don't know, it was just something that kind of came to me. I'm not sure why it, what, what, what brought it, but that's what, that's what I think is going on. When we are baptized into Jesus Christ, we become part of him and we become one in him. And the scripture I was going to read in that is Galatians 3, verses 26 through 29. I think this is in the Amplified Version. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you that were baptized into Christ into a spiritual union and communion with Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, have put on, have put on closed yourself clothed yourself with Christ, there is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, are in him who is Abraham's seed, then you are Abraham's offspring, spiritual heirs according to the promise. When we take on that baptism, when we take on that death, baptized into Jesus Christ, you know, the, 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 the other verse that you might think about is, is the one baptism, one faith verse. What's that, say? What's that actually saying? Is it talking about the number of times being baptized? I don't think so. Study the verse. Study the context. It talks about being baptized one into one thing, into Jesus Christ and him only. There's nothing else. How do we prepare for this thing? How do we prepare for this thing? And I think I read a... We already talked about it earlier on, and I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a need to go back there, but Jesus says, repent, repent. You have to repent, you have to be born again, or this is doing no good, because what is this thing of water? It is a sign, it's a symbol. It's not, you going in, First Peter will talk about that. You going in the water is not going to cleanse anything, it's not going to do no good. You're, there's no benefit, there's no benefit of, of, of physical cleansing. It is all a spiritual symbol, and it can be a physical sign to people around you, but the water itself is not going to do anything for you, literally. But it will do, like as far as saving you or, or yeah, getting you into Jesus Christ. But yet I think, I think it is very important, and I think we need to reconsider what the Word says, because I go back to this thought. If, we if you love me, keep my commandments. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself in him. 
I don't know, but sometimes I wonder, is this why we struggle in some of the things we struggle? Because the old man has not been, he, he might be dead, you might be born again, you might be living that way. But have you shown the devil that I am no longer yours? In the spirit. He will continue to attack as long as he possibly can. Have we, have we put the lid on? Have we sealed it? Have we said that I am no longer yours? I don't know. Consider that. And again, I don't want to, I'm not here to put anybody at, at guilt of your baptism. It's your own thing. It's between you and God. But I think from this point forward, I think we need to consider what does the Bible actually say? Are we being obedient to what God says? Do a study on your own. Don't just take my word for it. Go look, what, go look what the word means. See what you can find. See what you come up with. See if we're doing what should be done. Because I think the two reasons that we don't is two things. It's the fear of man and maybe a little bit of pride. I think those two things is what keeps us from being totally obedient to what the word of God says, or at least in my heart, on different things that come up. What do I do? do I, am I obedient to God? Do I follow his commandments? Or do I keep doing the way I'm not... There's a lot of good things. We've, we've been brought up with a lot of good things. I'm not saying that. But I think we need to consider all things because who's given account? Us or our fathers or our grandfathers? Who's going to give an account? Hey, we have to. Each one of us is going to give an account. That's why I think we need to be sincere about what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I don't think we're, I don't think we're doing that. But again, I want to encourage you to, yeah, keep on keeping on. And, yeah, Lord willing, we'll keep the, the thing up for the next time. I want to go into the next one. I'm not sure. i got to look on my list what's next in line. But, again, I don't hope I offended you. I, I'm sorry. I ask for your forgiveness. But if God offended you, then I won't apologize for that. So, yeah, let's come before the Lord in prayer. Let's turn over to John. Kind Heavenly Father. Come before you this morning, Lord. Thank you so much for the many blessings. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. Thank you for just giving your life, Lord, that we can have the gift of eternal life. Thank you for showing us, for giving your giving us your word. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would help us all as we search your word. Help us to dig. Help us to to have a desire to live exactly the way you want us to live, Lord. Help us to be obedient. I just pray for each person in this room that we would have a Clear spirit, help us to look into your word and that we would obey it. I just again thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for dying on the cross and for giving your life that we can have the gift of eternal life. And Lord, help us to live a life of victory. I just pray that for each person here. Help us to continue to be faithful in all things that you've asked us. And Lord, just now this morning, I, I just pray for the sick, the hurting, the lost ones, the ones that could not be here, especially thank of Dennis and Lord Manny. Lord, just pray for them. And Father, whatever else that might be prayed for, we know there's many other needs around about us. We just commit this into your hands. We again pray for all that you have prayed for, and we again say thank you, Lord, for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.